0: This is Marriage is Our Ministry's Candid Conversations, where topics surrounding marriage and family are discussed with a very open and honest dialogue. So sit back, relax, and let's talk. Here are your hosts, Oliver and Denise Marcel. Yep. Yep. All right. Hello and welcome to another episode of Candid Conversations. I am Oliver,
1: and my name is
0: Denise. And we are so glad that you have joined us for this episode. If you have not had the opportunity to, we definitely want you to check out the other episodes. There are some very good conversations, some things that we feel are uh, important and things that are vital to the your relationship and to the success of your marriage. We also want you to listen to those because we want you to have those same candid conversations with your spouse. Mm-hmm. We've been having a good time, right? Babe?
1: We have been having a very good time.
0: And today is no different. Mm-hmm. Matter of fact, today might be better than some of those other ones. Mm-hmm. So you have definitely uh, chosen the right episode to listen to. Now, before we get into it. We're just going to have a word of prayer. Mm -hmm. Babe, you want to pray for us?
1: Yes, let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for another opportunity to um, just be your witnesses. We um, thank you for the opportunity of this ministry. We pray that everything that is said, everything that is heard, Lord God, will bless someone. We pray that whatever is said will be your words. We pray that even if it's just one person or one couple, that they will be inspired, that they will receive the blessing that you have intended for them. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: Amen. Now, like I said, we have a great conversation today. Now, it is one of my favorite topics, one of my favorite topics, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And we're going to talk about uh, sex today. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You, you you sound like you're a little surprised about that.
1: No, 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 I'm not surprised. Okay, I'm, yeah, well, we're
0: good. We have today. We are very excited. We have a special guest joining us on the show. We want to yeah. say a big welcome to Dr. Jessica McLeese. Yay! We're, we're so, so glad. happy to She's have great. you today with us, Jessica, Finally. on this show. Finally, yeah, yes. we've been trying to put this together for a little while, and yeah. you know, it's it's yeah, it's been my fault, really. <laughs> Uh, I'll take the blame for it. But now we are at the point where we have gotten uh, Dr. Jessica with us. And uh, Dr. Jessica, we just want to start out. Just tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do. And that will definitely segue into what we want to talk about. Yeah,
2: sure. Well, first of all, thanks so much for having me on the podcast. I'm excited to be here um, and also, please feel free to just call me Jessica. You you really don't have to use titles with me, um, so I'm perfectly okay with that. Um, so I'm a psychologist and I'm a sex therapist. So part of what I do is I work with couples a lot. I really enjoy that work, um, helping them to improve their marriage, and um, improving things like communication and conflict resolution. Um, but also a big part of what I do is sex therapy. Um, so. There's all kinds of things involved in that. Um, It can be just improving your sexual relationship. Um, It can be things more related to maybe um, infidelity and recovering from affairs. Um, It can be more.
0: I think we lost you there a little bit. Well, while she's while she's coming back, the topic tonight, just so that you know, we're going to talk about sex therapy and we're going to talk about the importance of that. And we're going to talk about some misconceptions and we're going to talk about uh, some things related to that issue that we don't normally talk about. That is a very taboo issue for us, wouldn't you say?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Very taboo.
0: Why would you say it's taboo? Go ahead and talk a little bit about that. I'm going to try to get Jessica back on.
1: Yeah, I think it's taboo because, you know, I, I always say this. I've said this to you before that I think that the world has taken what God has created and what was supposed to be so beautiful and so natural and a part of, you know, life between a husband and a wife, and they've taken it and distorted it and turned it into something, quote-unquote, nasty or (coughs) dirty. And so it became taboo for us as Christians who know really what it is all supposed to be about. We don't even want to talk about it no more because I think a lot of the times, even if subconsciously the world has influenced the way we think about sex. And we no longer think of it as this blessing and as this wonderful thing that God has given us and has ordained for, you know, married people to do. And so it becomes taboo. No one wants to talk about it, you know. And then you have the generation of our parents who sometimes don't even really teach us anything. And, you know, they make it seem like such a bad thing. And so then we grow up, you know, thinking about it doing it behind closed doors talking about it behind closed doors getting misinformation and it just comes becomes all askew and I think that's why it's so taboo wouldn't you agree
0: yes I agree with that I, I believe that our point of reference mm-hmm. has been so skewed right when it comes to sexual relations yeah that everything that we do and the activities and the Conversation right. all of those things are influenced by our our warped view based yeah. on our point of reference and, yeah. I'm, and I believe that that causes a lot of issues for a lot of married couples because yeah. they can 't talk about that right and if you can 't talk about something you can 't fix it
1: mm-hmm.
0: you 're mm-hmm. just sweeping it under the rug good point um, We have Jessica back. the beauties of technology, you know how that goes. things <laughs> go up and down, so it 's all mm-hmm. good. Um, we have Jessica back, and let me just, uh, let me remind everybody, Jessica said that she is, part of what she does is sex therapy. Talk about, Jessica, the, some of the misconceptions. Um, a lot of people, they don't, when they think of sex therapy, or maybe I should just speak for myself, you know, you, you think these crazy stuff that you see in movies and on TV shows mm-hmm. and the Zanes Chronicles and all that stuff that the... The therapist is there, uh, giving them positions to try and all this kind of stuff. Right. So, talk to us and and to those that are listening about some of the misconceptions. Dispel some of the things that that we um, the, the the skewed vision that we have of sex therapy.
2: Sure, absolutely. Um, well you're not alone in in thinking <laughs> thinking that or thinking that might be what comes to people's minds. Um I've gotten some pretty weird reactions when I've said that I'm a sex therapist. Um so people will sometimes say, Oh, Christians can do that. Um, and they're a little concerned what my theology might be if I believe that I can be Christian and talk about sex. Mm. Um, so that's been what happens sometimes. Um, back when I first started the training, uh, my husband and I were kind of newlyweds. We'd only been married about a year. And so I would leave and go on these weekend trips where I was doing my education and taking the classes. And he had he had people that would tell him well, you know what they do with those things, right? And would say that we were probably having orgies um, while we're out there, which of course is not a Christian perspective of sex at all. Um, but there is a lot of misconception. People think that it's either somehow really worldly or we're doing something um, that you would see in the movies. Uh, people relate it to pornography often and think, well, that must be what you're doing or what you're learning about. Um, and it's definitely not that at all. And In fact, we hold sex in a very high regard. Um, And you said something a minute ago I I heard as I was coming back on about how important it is to talk about sex. And really that's a big part of what we do in sex therapy is uh, we train others, we train people how to speak about sex in a way that glorifies God and really elevates our talk and our chatter. Um, Because sometimes we, we have a tendency, or at least some people have a tendency to speak about sex in kind of a demeaning way. And so the idea is to bring together, bring people to an understanding of of sex is a beautiful gift from God. Um, It is okay to talk about it, but when we do, we should be reverent in the way that we speak about sex um, and we should honor sex and we should speak about it from a holy uh, standpoint, which is really how God created it.
1: That's great. I love
2: that. That is right.
1: I have to admit, I, I, I knew Jessica that, um, you know, I knew that you were a Christian. Honestly, I didn't expect you to say a lot of the stuff you said, like you know, sex is a holy thing, and we you come from it from that standpoint. I, I love that. That's great. Yeah.
0: Oh. Yeah, that's that's good stuff, and and that's something that that is needed. Yeah. It's a it's a vital part of the marriage relationship.
1: Yeah, I think it's really great that you know there are doctors in the world like jessica because honestly i don't think that there are enough of that because if there were then sex would not be as taboo as it is between christian married couples and i think that would decrease a lot of the issues that sometimes arise
0: so for those of you who are listening if you are been searching for a field <laughs> and you feel drawn to psychology and sex therapy. We need more of you. Oh, gosh. There's a plug for education right there.
2: <laughs> you now, know, what, a, amen. And I'm actually <laughs> going to share with you it at the end. I'll send you a link that you can provide people with. Um, but I'm part of a group called the Christian Association of Sexual Educators. And part of what they do is they also teach lay people. So you don't have to be a mental health worker. You don't have to be licensed. Um, but they teach just your average person to be able to take sex education into the church. Um, and we have a program right now for couples. So that's really great. And you guys would probably love that material. Um, but we have one also for singles, one for men, and we're creating one for teenagers right now. And um, and I've heard of rumors of creating one for uh, females as well. So I'm not sure where we are in that process. And we actually had one released recently, um, about sexual identity and and um, working with people uh, that have various backgrounds and various beliefs and um, and just how to kind of deal with those in a Christian manner.
0: That is that's, that's awesome. awesome, and we will definitely make sure that that information gets put out yeah. to the public. We will definitely get that from you and post that up great. along with this. Um, let me jump into a couple of questions. Sure. Um, and and this is you know. So, you know, the format of this, we're very candid. So you've heard our conversations, right? It's just, you know, basically me, you know, just being me. So that's what I'm going to do right now.
2: That works.
0: From your perspective, I would like to know, is there a number clinically that is that would put you in the too much sex category or the too little sex category oh, gosh. is there a you know you, you read all these articles that say once a week or twice a week or whatever right. is there is there a clinical way to determine the right and wrong if you will
2: sure um well statistically speaking average is a couple of times a week um, now, when we take statistics average, there's going to be people that are well above that average, so maybe multiple times a week, um, and people way below that average where it might be once every two, three, four, five months. Um, so averages are a little tricky, but the, the average is twice a week. Um, now, usually the amount of sexual intimacy or the at least the amount of times people come together um, increases when you're first married, so it's highest when you're first married, Um, it increases when you decide you want to have kids and it increases again when those kids finally leave the home. (laughs) And so, so we see kind of these patterns, Um, but you know, whether, whether or not a couple is having sex often enough or whether they're connecting often enough or not often enough kind of depends on the couple themselves. Um, So I think the bigger concern usually for couples is when one spouse desires sex more often than the other um, and that's where we kind of see issues. So typically when people haven't had sex in a long time, they kind of don't want to, um, which is its own issue. Um, and when couples are wanting to have sex often and they have time for that, then that's you know, they don't usually come in to talk about that. Um, so typically when people are coming in, it's because they have what you would call maybe a desire discrepancy. So one uh, just feels like they need that time more often. And, um, and that's really where the problem would lie. And now it's fixable and you can work on that, but that would be... I would say the clinical issue Um, now, what you're asking could have a little bit to do with more of the sexual addiction side too. Um, And sometimes spouses have that concern, whereas my spouse actually addicted to sex and they want it, you know, this many times a week. Um, And, you know, honestly, it's hard to give a full description of what that would look like because it really requires a pretty deep history of somebody to know if there might be an addiction present. Um, Mm -hmm. But sexual addiction is much like addiction, Can you hear me? I can hear you.
0: Sorry. That was my fault. (laughs) That's okay. I think when we got cut off, you were talking about sexual addiction. So, okay. You can just jump right back in.
2: Okay. Um, So sometimes people are a little bit concerned if there's sexual addiction going on, if their spouse desires sex more frequently than they do. Um, But for one, that's a little bit rare. You probably aren't going to see it in your marriage. Um, But Keep in mind that addiction is hard to to really distinguish unless a therapist is doing kind of a full history to understand your background. Um, and then also we expect just like alcohol or drugs um, with addiction, you're going to have that similar uh, tolerance and dependence. Um, so needing more, maybe needing more exploration, uh, maybe getting... Um, asking for things that you find uncomfortable and doing more and more of that. Um, And kind of this difficulty with ever being satisfied. Um, So if those things are going on, yes, please absolutely seek help. Um, But for most couples, what they have is what we would call a desire discrepancy where one wants sex more often than the other does. Um, And there are definitely uh, tips that you can use to make that a little bit better.
0: Now that's a, that's a great segue because when you were giving the, the times In in my mind, that was such a vast difference.
2: So yeah, I I I
0: even made a kind of face like, whoa. So you know, a couple times a week on one side of the scale, and once or twice, a couple times every couple months. So, now for me that sounds a little like an issue. But how do you determine how? i don 't even know how to word that question how, mind blown in, huh? <laughs> in in the scenario where it 's once or twice a couple months every couple months when do you know that there's an issue because obviously, if both people agree once or twice a couple months is is good for them, how do you determine when that discrepancy turns into something more or so, something more of an issue
2: um, if If I understand your question, it kind of sounds like um, if a discrepancy exists, so if one wants sex more than the other, if I'm hearing you correctly, you're kind of asking, well, how do we know which one's right? Is that.
0: Yeah, I I guess. I mean, maybe, you know what? To be perfectly honest, it could just be (laughs) that that just blew me away. So maybe there is no issue at all. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe there is no issue at all. That just kind of threw me for a loop. So maybe let's just leave it at that. That's just my, something I got to deal
2: with. No, but it's good you ask that because you, you have to keep in mind if you're feeling this way, there are other people that are as well. Um, so we have these societal standards sometimes that we think we need to match up to. Um, and so it can create a lot of confusion. Um, and really, there can be a lot of confusion you know, for women sometimes whose husbands maybe don't want sex as often, um, and they hear all their girlfriends talking about, you know, my man won't leave me alone. And they think, my gosh, my my man won't touch me, I beg. And he says, no. Um, and so they then think, well, then I'm, I'm in the wrong for wanting sex as often as I do. Um, so we have to keep in mind that desire is actually kind of different for each person. Um, but there can be a lot of things that play into desire as well. So, and um, I've, you know, I've known of couples who the husband never really wants sex with his wife and everybody thinks, well, you know, what's going on with him? Is he having an affair? Uh, but then you, you dig a little deeper and you find out that the wife talks really badly about him when they do have sex. And and she tells him all the mistakes he's making and what he could do better and but not in a loving way, in a way that's demanding. And and so, of course, he doesn't want to continue to make love because every time he does, he hears these ugly, negative things. Mm -hmm. Um, For women, sometimes it's a body image thing. So they feel ugly and kind of Gross with their bodies, so they have a hard time engaging in intimacy. Um, so there can be a lot of things that impact someone's level of intimacy. Um, pornography use—that's you know, for men or women—can certainly do the same thing, where they're not as interested in a relationship with a real person um, anymore, or they expect things that real people won't typically do. Um, so there's just so many things that can play into that. Um, past history of trauma, um, illness, stress—just a ton of things that can play into it. Um, so there's a lot of reason for it. And, and that's why there's not necessarily a, a right or wrong, not a really clear one. And um, certainly if you're never connecting on an intimacy level or on an intimate level, and by never, I mean, you know, very rarely or infrequently, um, that does need to change because it typically means that there's problems in other areas too. It's not usually just the sexual life. It's either really good or really bad. Um, it all runs together. So it's your entire marriage.
0: That is a, that's an excellent point. Um, Everything kind of plays along with each other. So Mm -hmm. it's, it's not, if you're having issues uh, sexually, that those issues probably stem from maybe a larger scenario. Absolutely. because mm -hmm.
1: If you think about it, I know from a woman's standpoint, if you're stressed, if a woman is stressed and you know has a lot going on. It's hard for a woman to connect mentally when it comes time for having to having sex. So it's not going to she's really not going to really desire to have sex. So yeah. kind of does yeah, all playing, I would imagine.
2: Well, yeah, so that abso- that absolutely. Well, I think Go ahead. I I was just going to say that's a really um important part that you were just saying there because it, you know, a lot of times they people say and assume well men have a higher sex drive and women have a lower sex drive um, but really what it what it seems to be the case is men have more of a desire to pursue and women have more of a desire to be pursued um, so it can look differently in, in that way and then certainly men typically it's amazing the way god created us but um For men, their brains really can focus on one thing at a time. Mm. Um, So if it's time for sex, then that's what's on their brain. Um, But for women, my goodness, women just have a really hard time focusing on just one one thing. thing. Um, So even in the midst of intimacy, even if she's really having a great time, it would not be unusual for a woman to think about needing to cook dinner or Mm -hmm. what she's going to wear tomorrow to work or (laughs) any number of things, not because she's not enjoying the experience at all, But just for some reason, um, when men relax, they really, truly relax and their brains kind of stay on one topic Um, where for women, for some reason, there's more brain activity when they're relaxed than at any other time. Um, So it's interesting the way God created us to have to really um, work with one another and delight in those differences and try to help one another out.
0: Let me tell you something. When I get to heaven, (laughs) that's a question (laughs) I'm going to ask.
2: Because at Uh, first I was
0: going to ask you, how can we fix this? But you're a woman too. So
2: <laughs> Well, you know, but there there are there are definitely things that can be done. Um, Now, again, these are generalities. So generally the man can stay very focused on the activity at hand and the woman has a little bit more difficulty. Um, It can be opposite sometimes for couples, um, but generally speaking, that's the way it is. So for women, one of the ways that can help is just to be a little more verbal, um, to talk to your husband, let him know what you like that you're looking at right then, um, let him know what feels good. um, And it helps you stay more focused on the present. Um, So it's pretty hard to think about what you want for dinner if you're checking your spouse out and tell him how good he looks Um, so that's one way that really helps is just to allow yourself to be fully present by noticing how you feel and how your spouse feels um, and kind of checking them out so so there's your tip ladies of how you can do that Um, and then you can help your wife do that by just kind of bringing the focus back if you feel like she's not fully present you can start telling her how beautiful she is and how much you love being with her um, and that can help a lot too
0: that's great That's great. I love it. it, It's crazy because most of the conversations, if not all of the conversations previous that we've had Mm -hmm. at some point, communication has, has come Come up up. in terms of it being vital for whatever the conversation was, whether it was stress, whether it was friendship, whatever the situation was. And, and here again, in this candid conversation, again, we're talking about, um, the ability or the importance of being able to communicate, being able to tell your spouse the things that you like and dislike, being able to bring the focus in by saying certain things and, and speaking in a certain way. And something that you uh, mentioned earlier, the the opposite of that and how that can affect saying the wrong things Mm, and being negative. um, That is very important. So for those of you who are listening, you know, I said last week, don't don't get upset about hearing the word communication somewhere in every mm-hmm. every candid conversation, because it seems to come back to that. Yeah. And and here we are again, you know, speaking about the importance of that, even when it comes to uh, your your sexual relationship. Yeah, This For is good sure. stuff, man. I'm enjoying this. I'm I'm learning some <laughs> things, too, because I, <laughs> I, I, I personally I, I can admit this to to everybody. Listen, I personally I have some issues as it rela- as it relates to this i have some you know i have some preconceived ideas i have some misconceptions about what well i think uh my point of reference is or my point of reference was skewed i think i'm getting better
1: what do you mean you have some issues though with what well
0: i won't say issues maybe that's a strong word but i i am
1: when there's a doctor on the line right right yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, we might. After this is over, we might set up an appointment. Um, Right, right. (laughs) But I I think that if if I look back, I came into marriage with some preconceived ideas. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that they were um, over the top. Like it wasn't an issue of, well, you know, I saw something in pornography and it's way outlandish that I want you to do. It wasn't anything like that. But I just had some ideas about. Uh, frequency and some ideas about um, how quickly we, we would just be able to be in the mood, Mm -hmm. but, and, and that's based on me now that I'm, and I'm hearing this too from -hmm. from Jessica in terms of how men and women are different. And I think over the years that I've had, I've had to do some growing Mm -hmm. as it relates to that. And I'm continuing to grow, Mm -hmm. you know, so I just want to say, and I'm saying all that to say this, for those of you who are listening, there is room for improvement Mm -hmm. and there's room for growth. And just because there is room for growth doesn't mean that you just forget about it Mm -hmm. because I think what happens a lot of times is we run into issues, whether it be sexually or otherwise, we run into issues as a couple and instead of trying to team up, to fight those issues like we spoke about in another candid conversation being a team against the issue as opposed to uh going against each other right a lot of times we go against each other oh you want you want it this much i don't want it this much now it's about me against you as opposed to me and you against the issue Mm, and so that's why i was saying that just bringing in my idiosyncrasies if if you will just Mm. to let people know that hey You can have a difference of opinion and there can be what you perceive as an issue, but you can still team up and find ways, even if it means uh, seeing somebody like Jessica to be able to team up and deal with those issues. Yeah.
2: Right. Mm -hmm. That's good truth right there. Uh, For sure. I really like what you said about you know, it's, it's us against the issue, not us against each other. Um, spoken like a therapist. I love it. Very, <laughs> very well done.
0: Good stuff. Good stuff. Yeah. Let me, let me ask you this, Jessica. Um, When a, when a couple, and I, and I know you can't get into too much of this, cause you know, I don't know how much of it you can get into just for confidentiality, but let's say, for example, let's use us. For example, we're having an issue and we need to come to see you just give us just as much as you can, an overview of how this process would go. And let me tell you the reason why I'm asking that. A lot of people, when they hear the word therapy, they automatically turn off. Mm-hmm. They feel like, well, that's not something I want to deal with. And that's based, of, of, of course, on point of reference. You know, mm-hmm. when we think about therapy, we think about people, you know, in straight jackets and all that kind of nonsense. <laughs> and it's not always like that. So just to help ease the minds of those individuals who – maybe thinking, okay, this is, yeah, this sounds great, but I'm never going to sit on somebody's couch to talk about this. Mm -hmm. If Nisi and I were coming to you and we were having an issue, what, what's the, what's the scenario look like?
2: Sure. Um. Well, for one, you could sit on your own couch because I actually do online consulting now. So (laughs) just kidding with that. It's true. But I, um, what you could expect, um, I always tell couples, you know, this is really more of a problem-solving time. So what we're doing is we're um, trying to learn to communicate better, for one. There's your word again. Um, so learning to communicate better but getting some information across to one another, maybe in a way that you haven't before. Uh, so it's really problem-solving. Uh, yes, there are people that come to therapy for mental health issues and, and maybe need you know more serious intervention, but typically when couples are coming to therapy, it's just because they need to problem solve and look at things in a way that they haven't before. Um, so you guys and any couple will always be the expert on themselves and on your own life and what life is like for you. Um, where I come in is I'm the expert on the research and what works and what doesn't work and how to help you communicate Um, But also, we all know it's easier to see other people's problems (laughs) than to see our own because there's something about being on the outside of the situation where things are just a little bit more clear. So that's how a therapist can help. They're on the outside of the situation. Um, They don't have a bias there and they don't have any kind of buy in for either one of you. So it becomes about the relationship. Um, So a good marriage counselor is not there for either one of you, husband or wife, they're there for the relationship. What helps the relationship? What builds that up? Let's work on doing that. Um, as far as if someone is interested in maybe seeing a counselor, I always recommend that you go ahead and call that counselor. Um, you know, if, if it's on your insurance panel and that's what you're looking for, or if it's someone that's been referred or recommended to you rather uh, do that, spend a few moments on the phone and kind of get some of their theory on what they believe about marriage Um, just to get a good idea of what's going to happen. But know that when you go to marriage counseling, it does uncover some things and it can be a painful process. Um, So if you go in a few times and you feel like, well, goodness, we're worse off now than we were when we started. um, It does feel that way sometimes, but give it a little bit of time and it'll get better.
0: That's a very good point because sometimes you will have to go through some, some downtime before things get better. Yeah. And a lot of times as couples, even outside of marriage, just as individuals, a lot of times we don't want to go through that process. Mm-hmm. I think about just with me and you, Nisi, some of the things that's going on in our life, right in our lives right now. Mm-hmm. And just not wanting to go through that pruning process and not right. wanting to go through those issues. We just want to jump straight to the end result. Mm-hmm. And for those of you that are listening, just I just want to encourage you just it may even if it looks bad at this point think of it like nighttime and daytime Mm -hmm. if it's nighttime in your life right now it's only nighttime for a certain amount of time yeah and then it's going to be morning right right same thing if it's if it's stormy outside it does not thunderstorm 365 days a year Mm -hmm. it does not there are some of those days that are going to be sunshine and so i want you to just keep holding on, keep pressing on, put in the work that needs to be done. Bring in the individuals that you may need to bring in people like Jessica that you may need to bring in, do whatever it takes to get you through the night period so that you can experience what's happening uh, after that.
1: I love it. That's good, babe.
0: Yeah, it's, um, it's important. We want, we want people to be, we want you to live out the marriage that God has intended for, for you. And, you know we talked about this before, I believe that it's you know it is part of the enemy's assignment to uh to make this not work yeah and so whatever that is that he can put in uh to place to to make that happen, he's going to do that and for a lot of people it is it is sexual issues we're going to talk about finances in another one that's a lot that's another one for a lot of people yeah um you know there's so many different things that come into play that that make this thing go south and so we want to try to help you to keep that Amen. from happening
1: mm, right that's good
0: babe that's you got you got uh, anything you want to add to that
1: um i can't think of anything i think dr jessica really covered a lot of what was on my mind you know a lot of the the thoughts and misconceptions that we had about sex therapy i think
0: yeah and it's and it's good to know the differences between men and women that's very important mm-hmm. because we are different, yeah we don't think the same we don't approach things the same, but that's not a bad thing
1: yeah, and a lot of times we forget that that's how we are created we right. were created <laughs> differently, and so you know a lot of times we get so hung up like why can't he see my point or why can't she see my point? well, we don't think the same we weren't created the same if we were that would be kind of boring. We weren't creative.
0: <laughs> so, I agree. Yeah. I agree. Jessica, do me a favor. Talk, sure. talk to us about some ways to, and, and you kind of touched on this before when you were saying that having the husbands, you know, keep their wives engaged or kind of bring them back mm-hmm. into focus. Talk about some ways to just kind of keep the flame alive, if you will. We, we kind of go through uh, these days where all the hours run together and you're at work and you're doing stuff with the kids and there's so many other things kind of pulling and there's just doesn't seem to be a lot of time. I'm sure that there are couples who go through this and then, you know, it's just when it's time to, to be intimate, it's just this kind of quick, get it out the way, hurry up before I fall asleep kind of scenario. How do we juggle all of the things that are happening in our lives and still be able to make that time special and make that time meaningful. Meaningful, and how do we anticipate it?
2: Sure, um, you know, especially for the busy couple. And um, my goodness, that's actually where my husband and I are right now because we're packing up. We're in Texas right now, but we're moving to Virginia in just a couple of weeks. Um, so closing off jobs and, you know, trying to pack up. So yeah, I get, I get the busy for sure. Um, and so for couples that are going through that, you know, it is absolutely okay to plan sex. It does not have to be spontaneous. Um, so it's certain, and some couples really struggle with that because they think, well, if, you know, if, if we really want to have sex then it'll just happen, um, but sex doesn't just happen. It takes some planning sometimes. Um, so if you're really busy, you know, make a date with one another um, let each other know. Hey, tonight's the night. I have cleared my schedule for you. Come home early. Um, whatever it takes. Get a get a sitter for the kids if you need to. Um, get a hotel for the night if you need to. Um, but you can you can definitely plan time um, and put it as a priority because really whatever is important to you, you make you time for. You make sure it happens. Um, yeah. And there's there's nothing wrong with scheduling. There's nothing wrong. Um, That can also help actually for the person who's maybe a little more low desire. Um, So then you kind of know all day, Oh yeah, we're going to have sex tonight. So let me think about this. What do I want to do? How do I want to express my love? Um, So it can kind of help for women that are struggling with lower desire than their husbands. um, Sometimes thinking of that throughout the day in a, they can even maybe wear some lingerie or put something on other under, under their clothing, so there's that constant reminder. Oh yeah, tonight's going to be an intimate moment with my spouse. Um, so kind of put themselves in the mood a little bit more and think about it. Um, you can send flirty texts to one another. You can, you know, send um, send selfies. Just be careful because you know anything that you send can get yeah, you know yeah. seen by other people. <laughs> but um, but but you can send things that are suggestive to your spouse that your spouse knows is suggestive without without revealing anything that would be embarrassing if others saw. Mm. Um, You can call and leave voicemails that you know your spouse is going to hear. I mean, there's all kinds of things you can do to kind of um, impress upon them that you want to spend time together. Uh, But especially for the busy couple, my goodness, schedule that time, make sure it happens. Um, Sometimes early in the morning is better for people. And we tend to think that sex is supposed to happen at night, just because it happens in bed. But Typically it happens in bed, but it doesn't have to be at night. It can be in the afternoon. It can be in the middle, you know, the, the middle of the morning, whatever you want. Um, so certainly don't let time constraints hold you up. Um, especially for busy couples. A lot of times you find that when you finally, like you were saying, when you finally make love, there's this idea of, well, let's just get through it. And you know, I'm tired. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I I would encourage any couple that's going through that to make sure you're not tired. It may mean let's have sex before dinner and then have dinner afterwards, because we're going to be too tired after we eat. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, whatever it takes to make time for one another, I'd say, just prioritize and make sure that, that you've spent that time together. Um, And don't, let something get in your head that that it doesn't mean as much if it's scheduled. Cause that's definitely not true. Um, and I would say even probably means a little bit more because you're being very intentional.
0: Right. Wow. That's a good point. Yeah. Intentional. Intentional. That's a good word because now that takes that, like you said, that takes the, the chore that you feel planning might make it.
1: Because right. if you, if you're not intentional, then the busyness of your life tends to take over. And before you know it, it's midnight. And then there's that excuse that, oh, I'm just so tired. Right. Let's try mm-hmm. again tomorrow. But Absolutely. If it's intentional. Then, you know, you've scheduled that time and you know that it's going to happen.
0: That's that's true. And Jessica, you said something that really stuck out to me. When you basically, when you value something, you're going to make time for it. Mm-hmm. That is, that's good stuff. Yeah, because that's very true. That's yeah. we prioritize and we put value on many other things in our uh, lives and our our day to day routine, and we make sure that those things are accomplished and we make sure that those things are done. And what you're saying is, when it comes to uh, intimacy with our spouses, that we should have that same—I uh, don't know what the right word is—but we should be making sure that we're, we're making that a priority.
2: Mm-hmm. I'm tweeting. Yeah, that absolutely.
0: Yeah, that's good stuff. Um, those of you who are listening, make sure that you are making your spouse and intimacy with your spouse a priority the same way that you are prioritizing all of the other things that happen in your day. That's good stuff. That <laughs> is good stuff. Man, Jessica, we could talk about this for... <laughs> Ever, um, we know that your time is valuable, so we definitely don't want to keep you. But I do want to ask you: Would you be willing to come back again, um, that we we can talk about, you know, some other things as well?
2: Yeah, sure. Um, and in in fact, if any listeners out there have kind of direct questions, maybe that they'd want to do, that could um, maybe give us some idea of what would be most helpful for your audience. That's a good idea.
0: That's a great idea, we'll and we'll definitely put that out. Questions. Let Let me give you some time to do this before. Uh, before the show ends definitely talk to us about how we can get in touch with you, any blogs, any websites, projects that you have going on. Definitely let us know what's happening with you right now.
2: Sure. Um, Well, I have a brand new website coming out and I actually used to blog um, written. I did, I did writing and I, I just, I didn't love it. It didn't, it didn't fit me well. So I've decided to switch to the webinar format instead Um, So those are going to be released actually starting in in just a few days here. I'm going to have those out. So you can find me on enhancingthedance.com. And you can actually connect with me on social media that way. But I'm on Twitter at Dr. McLeese. And I'm also on Facebook. And and that name actually just changed to Enhancing the Dance. Um, But you can get to that link by going to my actual website, enhancingthedance.com. And um, as far as what I'm working on, like I said, I've got the interest in the webinars, so I'm doing that. Um, I'm also doing some online consulting now, and that's kind of fun. And then finally what I'm doing, I'm working on a project that's pretty cool right now. And its um, I told you earlier, we're working on all these different projects for sexuality and teaching people how to take that information back into their church. And the program that we're working on right now that I'm actively involved in is actually for youth. And so I'm anywhere from junior high to high school. And we're talking to kids. We're actually going to be showing them video. Um, so it's going to be very state of the heart of the art. We're just excited about it. So kind of actual films. And so not just commercials or talking heads, but really having actors and actresses um, talking about how do we handle these things? How, um, how do teenagers learn how to live a life that God has called them to um, in their sexuality and how to really honor their sexuality um, so it's going to be a lot of fun. We're actually going to have a, a video, a Kickstarter video for it soon. So I'll make sure you get the link for that. Uh, but we're going to be we're going to be talking to teens about living bold, courageous, and sexy. Um, and with that sexy piece, reali- realizing that it's not your physical appearance, but it's the wholeness of who God made you. Um, so it's exciting. I think y'all are going to like that.
0: That That's is great. that is awesome. We will definitely make sure that all of the links. Uh, show up in the description. Yes. We'll make sure that um, all of that information is out there so that our listeners can get in touch with you and can connect with you in social media. It's awesome, the stuff that, that you're talking about there. We Brilliant. definitely want to say thank you for taking out the time. We know that you yourself are married, so we want to thank your spouse as well yeah. for um, for lending for, uh, you for lending you to us for this amount of time. We have learned and we have been exposed to some uh, some things that normally we do not talk about. And I'm very grateful to you for taking out the time to uh, to do that.
1: Yeah. Thank you very much. We can't wait to have you back.
2: Uh, thanks so much. I look mm-hmm. forward to that.
0: Excellent. Excellent. So as always, we want you to subscribe. We want you to listen to the other episodes. Check us out at ministry.com. You can connect with us on YouTube with the same name. You can connect to us on Facebook as well with the same name. We are so glad that you have taken the time out to listen. And we want you to continue to do so. Until next time, I'm Oliver.
1: And I'm Denise.
0: And this is Candid Conversations. God bless. God bless. This has been another episode of Candid Conversations. Make sure you visit www.marriageisourministry.com for more engaging content, as well as other ways to connect with Oliver and Denise. Until next time, God bless.